I wouldn't expect anything less of you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be preaching on excellence, so you're going to tune out anyway. All right, you want to you fight, I'll fight with you. I like it. I guess we'll see. I think so. I preached yesterday out there in your neck of the woods. All right. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Come on. It's good to be in God's house this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, thrilled to be here, actually. Uh, I was talking to Calvin out, out front there a little bit, and I told him, I said, man, this message is not, you know, this, this is not a, it's not a salvation message, although the salvation is going to be in it. This is not a message for visitors, and we're full of visitors, but I want you to understand something. God's, God gave me this, so there's something in it for everybody. So, even if you're a visitor here, welcome. We're glad you're here. I'm thankful that you're here. Uh, we're a little bit light because we're a little bit light. I don't know why. But but here we are. But today I'm going to be preaching out of Philippians chapter 2. And uh, Christy's going to put it up there on the board in just a minute after I finish this introduction. All right, when everybody gets there, somebody say amen. amen. All right, we're there. Everybody's there. <laughs> All right, I want to talk to you about a church, about our church, and our roles in the church. All right, I'm coming. Some of y'all are so Baptist that you went right away to to that rolls at that steakhouse. What's the name of that? You know, the ones with the cinnamon butter and all that stuff. Roadhouse. Y'all went right there. Bam. But I'm not talking about that kind of role. I'm not talking about the role you play in God's house and God's work. When God called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light, the Bible says that he filled you with his spirit. If you're saved, you have that. You should be excited about serving God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about all that here in just a minute with every everywhere that i look in the bible i think that our our culture and and our country has brought uh an, an american twist on god's word on god's service and none of that should be god's people should be following jesus he's our shepherd and we should follow him he gave us a distinct way to do church, a distinct way to love people, a distinct way to not be selfish, right? Now, I'm going to preface this message with this saying, because Randall uses it all the time. So I'm going to use, I'm going I'm to plagiarize him. If this applies to you, I won't apologize for God's word at all. If this applies, let it apply. Take it and do something with it. If it doesn't apply, let it pass over you and talk about the people it applies to at dinner today. All right? <laughs> but if it applies, do something with it because God is worthy of your excellence. I'm going to say it again. God's worthy of your excellence. God's people for so long have tried to pawn off all kinds of junk on God and call it their service. Right? I've known people before that, 
come to a to a uh, be a fundraiser at the church and somebody drop off a washing machine and dryer that doesn't work. Say, I'm donating this to the church. What? For what? We got enough stuff to haul off, right? But, but isn't that what we do? We come in and we expect the church to give to us. My question to you this morning is, what are you giving to the church? This has nothing to do with money, although, although, if you're not giving your money, then you're not enjoying the fruits that God has planned for you in that. I'm not going to get into that at all, but I'm asking, what are you serving God with? How are you serving in his kingdom? God, God expects his people to serve through a church. All through scripture, everywhere I've looked, every man or woman that God has called out to do, to be a servant, they've had to sacrifice. That's a, that, that, nobody loves that word, right? Nobody likes that word. I don't want to sacrifice nothing. But that's, the, that's the demand that God puts on it. Abraham. Anybody know what he told Abraham when he called him out? He set him apart. He was saved and made holy right there. He told him, I want you to get up, leave your family, take your wife, and go into a land that I'm going to lead you to. He wanted him to leave his home and go to a place where all the warriors and all those people were. And he said, God, uh, you know, Abraham didn't say, well, God, I'm not going to do that. You know what he did? He stepped out in faith. You know why? Because the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. When God leads you to do something, step out and watch him meet you there. Even though it may seem impossible. Even so, you, even, even so you may be overwhelmed by it. You may be anxious in a boat ride. Step out and go boat riding. God's got you. He's got you. And guess what? If, if, if Erica would have fell out of that boat and died that day, God had her. There's nothing going to get by him, nothing that's going to surprise him, none of that. Moses. Man, when Moses called, when, when God called Moses out of the desert, he was, he was tending sheep. You know, he's pretty comfortable. But isn't that what God does? He catches you in your time of comfort, and then he says, I'm going to put something on you. I want, to, I want you to move for me. And God's not changing the way he does things today. The same way he called out Abraham and Moses, he, he called Moses to go to a country where they were going to kill him, y'all. They, they weren't going to, they, they warned him. When he come back, they warned him, if you come back here, you'll die. We'll kill you. And he stepped right up in there and he said, God, how am I going to do that? He said, I'm going to protect you. If God's got it for you, he'll protect you through it purpose of the church <laughs> oh uh, don't let me forget this last person that i want to illustrate for you god called jesus to uh, rescue us he had to leave his home he had to take on the form of a man form of a sinner and not sin And he did that 
so that you could be saved. He took a brutal beating unto death. He died in the process. And God said, I'm more powerful than death, and I'll raise you up. And that's what he did for you. And every Christian in this room ought to be screaming at this point. It says, <clears throat> he said, he never, he, he, every time God calls you into his service, it calls for a sacrifice. A biblical church isn't, isn't intended to be a place where you go and you get. It's, it's a place where you go and you give. And you serve. The most important, the most important thing we can do as a church is make Jesus known. If you don't know Jesus, I'm going to give you the gospel throughout this whole message. He came. He lived. He died. He was perfect. And he took your place on the cross. He took your beating for you. He took all that. And he did it gladly. And he died for you. And on the third day, God raised him up from the dead so that you could live forever. Yeah, okay. Because I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited that what Jesus did for me. Maybe I'll just preach to me and we'll roll on. I'll preach to the choir because I know the choir pretty good. They're, they're all in that. Awesome. All right. Amen. That's right, brother. It's awesome. We're going to Philippians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 1. It's going to be up on the screen there. If you want to read it. Therefore, if there are any consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort in, uh, of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, and being of one accord, of one mind. God's calling His church to do that very thing. We should be in one accord, one heart, one mind, one project. That project is to make Jesus known throughout this community. Our heart should be to reach out to the people who don't know Jesus. Our heart should be that we, we, we come into contact with them and we show them light. We should show them the fellowship of the Spirit. You know what that means? That means that me and Jake Culver love each other. Even though he don't love me, he's going to one day. <laughs> nah, that brother loves me. There ain't no doubt in my mind. Who don't? I mean, that's the question you got to ask. <laughs> but here's the thing. Me and Jake out in public, everybody should be seeing our relationship and seeing Jesus in that. They should have a desire. To go, Man, I, I, I need a friend like that. How many of you ladies need a friend like that? Come on, be honest. How many of you need a friend like that? You women have such a hard time finding friends, don't you? You know why? Because y'all, y'all are nervous about everybody, right? Everybody's out to get you kind of thing. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Y'all, I'll pay for this later, but I'm telling you right now. Y'all need to get past all that and get Jesus in the center of everything that you do. Trust him to bring that woman to you. Trust him to bring you a friend like that. You've got to have a fellowship of the Spirit, and that's what this church... Man, our church is so awesome. I'm not, I'm not down in our church. I'm just saying there's room for us to, to blow the doors off this place. There's room for us to, to come in here and, and make Jesus known. But we've got to start here. We've got to start together. And Paul lays it all out here in Philippians chapter 2. All right. 
Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Y'all, let me read that again. Let nothing be done in the church through selfish ambition or deceit or conceit. Or deceit either. Conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let us esteem others better than ourselves. Let each of us look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. There's a new concept. You know what that's called? It's called the golden rule. Not only look out for yourself, you look out for me. I should prefer you, and you should prefer me. If you're having gutters hung on your house, Jake Culver ought to be the one you call. Right? Even though he's the highest guy in town. He didn't say he was the he didn't say he was the cheapest guy in town. But you should prefer that brother. You know why? Because God's got you. We should be hilarious givers. We should be wanting to give. And you know what? You should you should want to give to people that are like minded like you. What about when people don't do you right? Have y'all been there? Right? I'm liable to do that to you today. It could happen. You see, all Christians should, should, say that word with me, should, should be righteous in all their dealings. Right? We should be, we should be, we should be overprotective of righteousness in our business and everything that we do. And if we find that we made a mistake, what we should do is correct it and move forward, right? I'll tell you a little story about me yesterday, and this has nothing to do with business, but I went to the prison and I preached to these inmates about Jesus and how great he is and how he changed your life and how he's changed mine. And I can preach that same message today for y'all, and it'd be awesome for me. Maybe not for you. Maybe you hate it and you'll move on. But here's the thing. I preached that message, and then I took my bride, and I... We hadn't, I hadn't been off in, in a few weeks, so I took her out on a date. To McDonald's and Tyler. She's got a nice one over there. She's got a playground and all that stuff. <laughs> no, she's not laughing. She, she hates it when I try to be funny. It's just natural for me. Y'all bear with it because it's going to happen. So we went over to a restaurant. But before we could get in, it was kind of early, so we went to Hobby Lobby. And, and, and Willie don't do Hobby of the Lobby. I don't have any hobbies that are in that lobby. I promise you, I don't. So, and Tanya knows this, so she says, instead of you ruining my good time, I'm going to go in there and let you sit in the car. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, so I pulled up right next to the hobby of the lobby, and I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to our pastor on the phone. He's sick and in Colorado, and uh, y'all pray for him. If you hadn't been, you need to start. You should have never stopped, but some of you did because he ain't here. And you're swole at him, but he'll be back a couple of weeks, so y'all better get right. Anyhow, I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm trying to encourage him in, his, in the ministry. I'm trying to encourage him in his, in his walk because he's, he's uh, on vacation. He's sick, and, and uh, he can't do what he wants to do, so he's frustrated. And anybody you know his mind, he, he's got a mind like a, oh, my gosh, if I've never seen nobody more analytical than him. I'm simple-minded. You can simple-mind me to death. He is, well, I do know somebody like him. Anyhow. We're talking on the phone. I'm trying to encourage him. And all of a sudden, this lady pulls up beside my new car over here. And she bangs the door. Bam! 
I said, hold on, brother. And I get out. I walked around there and I said, did you just slam your door into my car? And she said, I don't think it hurt anything. I said, I think it did. You better look again. And I got to looking and there's nothing wrong. And God brought to my mind, is this the spirit? Is this the spirit that you're trying to portray of me to all these people you're preaching to? That lady said, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I said, listen, I'm the one who owes you an apology. I said, even though you banged my door. <laughs> That's what I'm saying up here. I didn't say it out here because that wouldn't be right, right? But well, here's what I'm trying to get to. Our hearts need to be about righteousness. We ought to do what's right. So you know what I did? I told her, I said, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm not one time ever want to raise my voice at you. I don't want you to think that I'm upset with you because I'm not. I said, but you know what happened? This is where light and dark collided. And darkness took over me. So I'm asking you to forgive me. Because I don't want I don't want to be that man. I told Tanya when she got to the car, I told her, I said, this woman banged your car door and I had to apologize to her. And she said, Why did you even get out? It's just a car. I said, Okay, you don't know me, and I sure don't know you. <laughs> After 30 years. Alright. I love her though. Here we go. Anyway. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let us, let us each esteem others better than ourselves. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interest, but the interest of others. Sometimes, church, when you're offended in church, how many of you have been offended in church? Raise your hand, all of you, because you all do have. When you're offended in church, you know what sometimes you got to do? Sometimes you got to take the offense for the cause of Christ. And you gotta pray it through, and you, and sometimes you even gotta, sometimes it's not, it's not easy, right? Forgiveness is never easy. But sometimes what we need to do is take the offense so that Jesus is made known. Cause that's what he would do. Right? It just depends on who you wanna make known. I got a bad habit of making me known. Right? I'm all about me. I love me. More than anybody I know. Except Don. I love Don. Not really. Anyway, <laughs> I want y'all to understand something. This next part, it says, let, his mind, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. That's a slave. That's what that word means. Bondservant means slave. That's what he did. He took the form of a slave. And coming in the likeness of men. Underline that in your Bible if you do that. He comes in the likeness of men. I'm going to try to give you an illustration I thought of. So <laughs> maybe it would be good. Maybe not so good. But <clears throat> this is what this would be like. Jesus is king of all kings and lord of all lords. He's the most powerful being ever was, ever will be, or ever to come. He stepped out of that role and took on the form of a man. 
Here's what it would be like. It would be like the king of England. What's his name, Charles? It would be like him stepping out of that role, leaving, leaving a courtyard full of people who just praised him and adored him and loved him and served him and worshipped him. And he would to come over here and step into the body of an ant. Because that's what Jesus did. And that don't even touch the surface of where I'm going. He was a bond servant to you. Let me tell you what his favorite name for himself all through scripture. When Jesus spoke of himself, you know what he called himself? More times than any other thing, he called himself the son of man. The son of man didn't come to serve, but to serve. He's speaking to you. He come to serve you. He come to save you. He did just that. He come to save you. He's worthy of your of your praise. He's worthy of your of your. Uh, he's worthy of your song. I want you to tell me what he's not worthy of. There's not anything. He said, "Y'all sure quiet this morning." <clears throat> It says, he humbled himself, become obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, knowing all that, I want you to see something here. He said, knowing all that, also has high, uh, therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. Y'all hear me? They're giving him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every and those in heaven, and those on the earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me tell you what that means in, in a dumbed down country way. All right. He said, Those in heaven, the world of angels. Right? Those on the earth. That's saints and sinners right here, you and me, and those under the earth, the demons, Satan and his demons. That passage of Scripture says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and every one of those realms, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The question is not will you confess him. The question is where and when. When are you going to confess Jesus as your Lord? And being his, and him being your Lord is not you lording over him or, or using him when he, he got a need. It's you yielding to him, yielding to his word and his ways. All right. At this point, we should see a perfect example of a servant. We should be able to look at look at this and, and uh, see where we're at as a servant. So, if you compare yourself to Jesus as a servant, where, where do you where do you where are you at? You got a lot of room for improvement because I do, I do. 
And I was reading this and studying this, and I thought, my gosh, how is it that that we, knowing Jesus, knowing his goodness, knowing his love for you, can sit by, idly by, and watch people die and go into the abyss, go into hell, watching them every day, working with them every day, seeing them, seeing them every day, and let them fall off into the abyss of hell and never give it another thought how can we know of people who are sick and lost that are that have a death warrant we all have a death warrant coming how can we stand idly by and do nothing while they while they die and go to hell when you put it that way it's not a rosy message is it it's not. But me and a brother had a talk this morning. The truth is always going to be the truth. It's always going to set you free. And it's always not going to be pretty. The truth's not pretty most of the time, especially when it's about you. Right? I'm not preaching to none of y'all. I don't know none of y'all's business, but I'm, I'm preaching to me. I know mine. And I know when I'm serving God like I'm supposed to be. When I'm loving God like I'm supposed to be. When I'm loving you like I'm supposed to be. When I'm putting you above me. And doing all the things that Jesus taught us to do. And Paul said to do in this passage of scripture. When I'm doing all that stuff. Here's what I see. I I see my life being good. Me and my wife had this conversation yesterday. I praise God for my marriage. I've been married to this woman almost 30 years. And she hates me to do this. But I'm going to tell you. I I don't care. I, I love her with everything that I got. And God has blessed us and our life because we serve him. And he'll do the same for you. Because he's no respecter of persons. All right. Three of you got me. All right, here we go. If you have no desire, uh, let me read this first. Therefore, my beloved, knowing everything that we've, we've talked about this morning, knowing all that, that's what that word therefore means. Knowing all that, get this. That's what it says. My beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in the presence but only, but uh, more, much more in my absence, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining. Wait, let me back up there. It says, he said, he said for you to serve. You should serve. You love Jesus, you ought to serve him. Everybody agree with that? Amen? If you love Jesus, you ought to serve him. So my question is, do you, do you serve him? And if you say, no, I don't serve him, and I don't want to serve him, then I question whether you know him or not. Because he says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. If you're not following Jesus, you don't know Jesus. That's just the truth of the, of the scripture. So he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. When you think, if you thought you were going to die and go to hell, wouldn't you be doing something? Listen, I'd say 27 Hail Marys and be baptized 42 times. I thought it'd do any good, but it don't. 
without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're dead and hell bound. And there's nothing I can do to save you, nothing nobody can do to save you except Jesus. And in order for him to save you, he's, you're going to have to call upon his name. You've heard the gospel message this morning. You've got to call upon his name. And if you're already saved, get up and get at it. Get up and get at it because he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you right here in Palestine, Texas. And if you don't show up and get up and do something, he's going to send somebody else to take your place. And they're going to get your reward. Somebody should be sad about that. All right. Pretty simple but complex things. In order to reach this generation for Jesus, we have to be different. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to let y'all go. What time is it? Anybody know? All right. Right after this, we're going to get gone. Remember me saying that, therefore, knowing all this? Is that what that means, therefore? Go back up to the front, to, the, to chapter 2, verse 1. The first word there is, therefore. Therefore. Now, I want you to turn over. She's going to put this up there, too. I want you to turn over to Philippians 1, verse 29, because we got to go back to see what that therefore meant. We're going to go to 27 is where we're going. This is Jesus. This is Paul talking about Jesus. He said, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So the first question I want to ask you at the end of this. Is your conduct worthy of the gospel of Jesus? If it's not, if it's not, you're just like everybody else. But you can't stay like everybody else because the Bible calls for you as a Christian to repent. You need to turn from that. Make your conduct worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. Make your conduct worthy of the sacrifice that he made for you. Do what's right. Be righteous in all your works. Love Jesus and love people. It's pretty simple, actually. He says, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, and I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. This church should be standing fast in one spirit. That spirit should make Jesus known and to serve people and to love people. With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversary what there's no way we should be terrified by our adversary because if jesus word is true he said that he's got you and that's in the redneck terms right there without getting into it too deep he knows everything that's going to happen to you today before you leave here he knows you want to go now and i do too that's okay. That's okay. Don't be terrified of your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. 29, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Underline that in your Bible. It's been granted unto you to suffer for his sake. You know, we started all this. I talked about 
these people who have suffered for the sake of the gospel, for suffered for God's people, for God's word to get out. Jesus Himself suffered for you. If you accept the challenge of following Him and and truly, truly get away from all the Americanized religion and you get back to what the church is supposed to do, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to suffer for the sake of Christ. We're supposed to put ourselves off and put him on. If there's something that needs to be done for Jesus' namesake in this church, every person in here should be willing to jump at the chance to honor the king of all kings. If he was to walk in here today, we'd all gather around him, wouldn't we? We'd want to get close where we could touch his garment and all the things that they did when he was here. We'd want to do all those things. Yet, he left us his word, told us what to do. And we just sit by. We'll let that happen. We'll let the, we'll let the deacons and all those people do that. Right? He didn't call deacons to, to be saved. I don't know if any deacons are saved. <laughs> okay, well, they're saved. I was just playing. We got some great deacons, and they honor God. But what I'm here to tell you is, this ain't about deacons, this ain't about preachers, this is about you serving a king that gave his life for you. For to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Y'all stand with me. Jacob and them are going to come play. I want to leave you with this thought. If the Lord was to come back today, and it very well could be today, it would be an awesome time, wouldn't it? The question is, what would he find you doing? Would he find you screaming at the woman at Hobby Lobby? Would he find you loving on somebody? Would he find you giving? I'm not talking about this money. I'm talking about of you. Would he find you raising good kids? Would he find you being righteous? God's calling his people to righteousness. He's calling his people to repentance. He's calling his church out to serve. You're not serving because of me. You're not serving because of the leadership here or anything like that. The Bible says if you follow Jesus, you're going to be a servant to him. These altars are going to be open. Got people, men, men here, men and women both will pray with you, whatever you need. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray. We're going to give you a few minutes just to talk to Jesus. Father, I love you. I love these people. I pray that you'd bring unity. One spirit in this place. Father, I pray that we would let go of us and grab a hold of you. I'm going to ask everybody that we'll step out and come pray for your pastor. If you don't want to, don't.
be alright. Everybody that will step out, come pray for the youth of this church. Want everybody that will come pray for the babies that are in that nursery. The people here in this church that need to step up into a role of a servant. Most of all, I want you to pray for the people who might be in here that don't know Jesus. Let me tell you something, parents. If you knew your kids were lost, would you send them to somebody else to tell them about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and who died for them? Or would you want that honor for yourself? Would they be able to stand up one day and go, I got saved because I saw my daddy walking with Jesus? We got room. Come on, if you want to come. Lord God, I just love you. I praise you for uh, this church and these people who I love. I call brothers and sisters. And uh, I'm thankful that you love us like you do. Oh, my God. I can never serve you enough. I can never do enough. I can never love enough to pay the price that you paid for me. I pray, God, that every day you would remind us how good you are in our lives. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my life. Thank you for over-blessing me in every kind of way. Lord, forgive me before I fail you. God, I, re- I just want to repent of the things that bother you. I pray that we come to a place where we love what you love. And we hate what you hate. I pray for our country. I love this country, God. And I love, I love the men and women that fought for it. Lord, please don't let their death be in vain and their sacrifice be in vain. Don't let the idiots that want to take it and ruin it and run it in the ground. God, I pray that you protect it. Even though they haven't, we haven't cried out to you. Even though. I love you. Thankful for you. I pray, God, that you would give us a heart to tell people of your goodness. Amen.